Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Cavallano, joined once again, as always, by Alex Miller. Good to see your face around here again, mate. Yes, I'm very happy to be back. Cat again for another week. Not happy to see Doc's face after the Supercoach scores that he dished out last week to me, but we'll be getting to that later on. Uh, but very good week of footy, Cat. Some big games and um, some really, really exciting games coming up this weekend as well. This has become the Alex Doherty gloating show at the moment <laughs> over here at A3. This is the second week in a row, Doc. You've secured the dub. Oh, it, 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 we're turning it around now. This is a, this is the big redemption arc going going around here, Cat. Two, 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 two in a row now, but a big test this week in the Supercoach. But massive week uh, and a massive episode coming up. But just before we go, um, just uh, just some important news. Um. We've we've reached twenty grand. We've reached twenty grand plays yes. on, on on our on our anchor platform, uh, which Bang. which look if you if you take into consideration our previous uh, provider as well, we had Wushka uh, before that. We, we've cracked thirty grand of of, down, of, of plays at least. So yep. uh, for that, I, I can't I can't be any more thankful for everyone who tunes in. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Just. Absolutely. We we love we love talking about football, and sometimes we and we don't get it right sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes, like Alex Miller and Prophets about Michael Voss getting sacked is actually coming to life. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you definitely love the love. I mean, you absolutely s- summed it up, Doc. I mean, we're very grateful to do something we love all together and have a laugh and enjoy it all every sort of week, and it's an absolute privilege. And we're not here without the support, I guess, Cap. Absolutely. We huge thanks to everyone that has listened along so far and everyone that continues to do so. Um, like we said, we love talking about the footy, but we love the fact that there are so many people that are willing to listen to us talk about the footy. Uh, it's fantastic. And on that note, if you are listening to this episode, we are going to launch our first ever subscriber additional extra content this week. We're going to have a bit of a chat about the free agents uh, across the comp. So if you want to listen to that, it'll be up on the Spotify. You can access that this week for a very, very low fee. Um, if you feel like supporting us, which all goes back into the podcast, of course. Um, so make sure you check that out if you're interested. But let's crack into this week's episode, boys. Obviously, Definitely. first big thing, Miller, Sir Doug Nichols round yep. this week. Uh, starts off across the next two weeks. We've seen all these Indigenous jumpers unveiled, beautiful designs as always. Um, and just overall, everything looks fantastic for the round so far. Oh, it's just fantastic. I think every every year we get to see even... The amazing art that can be brought from the communities and the families involved in, in these Indigenous communities, Cat, and, and what they do for the game is something that they just keep giving back and giving back, and we're so lucky to have some amazing artwork um, that has been able to put onto jerseys, and I think it's just the players that are Indigenous can't speak any more highly of, of being able to wear that with such pride, and, and these couple of rounds are, are so important to them, and I think there's some really, really good ones um, across the board, I think everyone's done a really good job, um, and I think that it's just always exciting. I think Dreamtime's obviously been a big trademark of it, Cap, but for for our two mobs. But I think we're now really feeling like it's a whole league thing, and there's a lot mm. of energy around it from all the clubs involved. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait for Dreamtime on Saturday night. I will be <laughs> there at the game. Huge, huge game. Probably the biggest one that we've had in a very bloody absolutely. long time. Um, and I love our, our Guernsey design, Doc. I think it's probably the best Bombers jumper I've seen in the past 10 years. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and I want to get it. I've just bought a new Essendon jumper. I just bought the AFLW jumper a few weeks ago. And I'm trying to find a way to justify also getting the Indigenous one. Oh, it's just that cat. bloody good. Oh, look... The- I think they do. They outdo themselves every year with these indigenous guernseys. Um, a couple of my favourites. I'm a I'm a real big fan of the St Kilda one. Not only does it have the in, the indigenous um the indigenous look, but it's also uh, I feel like it's a little bit of a knock a knockback on the um from their old St Kilda guernsey because they used to have the uh, the yellow in the middle instead of the white. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they had it for a heritage round. I think it was uh, nearly 20 years ago now. Fucking hell, it's <laughs> showing <laughs> showing our age. Um, <laughs> The dogs ones, the dogs one looks really, really good. I really love the um the striking red and white and the and the different shades of blue on that, and and as well, you know, yours is good, cat. Yours is good, Miller. Uh, the north 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 one's very colourful as well. I like, I love, I love seeing Toby Bedford, uh, snooze Bedford on the, uh, <laughs> the snooze. Oh, snooze. That, that's my favourite nickname now. Uh, bugger Harry Sheasel, but this is <laughs> snooze, snooze Bedford's really taken off. Um, but. Just seeing, just seeing the uh, the, the orange, the black, the uh, the white, it all just meshes together so well. They're they're, they're all brilliant, but those are some of my favourites. 
Yeah, yeah I, I definitely think the Brisbane one as well. Cat is a bit of a sleeper. I reckon it's very nice. Um, keep it with the club colours, but the, the abs- absolutely stunning um, Indigenous art on there is quite remarkable. And I also really like the um, the Geelong ones. I think they're really mm, nice. The Geelong white ones in particular. I, I like this. Um, it's a bit of a trend that's picking up that a few of them are making um, a regular one and a clash one. Geelong yeah. have done it. Um, Brisbane, Gold Coast have both done it as well. And yep. it's just more Melbourne. opportunity to showcase. Melbourne too. Oh. That light blue one of the Melbourne. That's I'm really a huge nice. fan of. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. Um, they've all outdone themselves. And, yeah, kudos to all the artists for doing all these fabulous designs. They knock it out of the park every single year. And they somehow seem to get better and better at it every single season. So hats off to them, all the fabulous Indigenous artists and players as well. A lot of players uh, inputting on those jumpers too. So uh, it's just a great community effort, I think, all around and really captures the spirit of the round. Speaking of the spirit of the round as well, Mm. Uh, we're a few weeks away from it still, but the uh, big freeze beans are just launched for the year. Doc um, just ordered a couple of my own the other day, but uh, we love to see the um, initiative continue to be brought about every year. And uh, it's amazing that guys like Neil Danaher are still fighting uh, at the moment. Uh, it's really inspiring and really keeps driving the, um, the, the goodness behind this cause. Yeah, it's remarkable, Kat, and especially considering the fact that I think there was a story a couple a couple of days ago about the uh, the health condition on on Neil Danaher. So uh, obviously, it's not not looking too great, but he's still fighting the good fight, which is you know more than fair play to him. He's mm. you know he's done so much for this cause already. You know he could he could just hang his hat tomorrow, and we and we wouldn't bat an eyelid. So uh, well well done to him and. Yeah, the, the beanie itself it, it looks tremendous. It looks tremendous every year, and I'll be uh, I'll be pitching in to get to try and get one uh, this year. It's bloody freezing out here at the moment. Um, <laughs> and the, the socks too. Um, Miller, yeah. I introduced the socks for this year as well, which I love. Um, I think there's going to be quite a few local teams across the country wearing those in a few weeks from now. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and yeah, I think it's just something that it's quite remarkable as we think about where it started from. And now it's just a tradition. Even those people that maybe aren't involved in, in footy as much are just so willing to put on the beanies, obviously, and give money to the great cause. And uh, for all those people that are not aware, you just can go pick them up at usually Coles or Bunnings or order them online. Um, they're always around and servos and all that. So definitely get them while they're hot because they will be going very quickly. But like you, Kat, I skewed mine online. So very excited to receive it in the mail. But as, as Doc said, I mean, just amazing cause. I think um, there's nothing that can be more said about Neil Denner. It's just quite, um, I think you summed it up, Kat, inspiring. It's just the perfect word for it. But massive, yeah, definitely get around the cause. It's always good good to give your money to something like that, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's a great uh, few weeks now to sort of show what the AFL's about and what the league's capable mm. of at its very best. So if you can, donate, grab a beanie, whatever you can do, another great cause to get behind. But Let's talk on-field, boys. It's been a huge week. Uh, some of the games probably weren't the highest quality, but uh, we've seen a few teams sort of separate themselves from the pack, and the team we've been dying to talk about for the past few weeks, Doc, and that is Port Adelaide. You coined the Ken Hinckley uprising at the start of the year, and I asked uh, the question a few weeks ago, if Ken is in the top four, has this team in the top four by the bye, does he get a contract extension? Uh, the, the seems to be a yes response, uh, and I think the way they're playing at the moment you'd be more than willing to give it to him. Well, they've won six in a row, Cat. They they they're flying at the moment. They they they're taking on, you know, yeah, this week wasn't this week wasn't wasn't a hard test. It was only North Melbourne and Tassie, <laughs> but they they've they've taken on some of the better teams the last few weeks. You know, the dogs the dogs in Adelaide Oval a few weeks ago for gather round, you know, they were they were down they were down early in the last quarter and they they found they found the resolve to get get the win. So they they they're really establishing themselves as a as a genuine top four threat. At, mm. at the moment, and and even then, against North Melbourne, seventy points, they had to withstand an early fight from from North, as you'd probably expect, Miller. But after quarter time, you know, they just really showed their dominance, and you know, there, there's there's a few lingering injury issues. You know, we know Todd Marshall's got himself concussed again, but mm. um, and and Charlie Dixon seems to enjoy playing in the ruck now for some strange reason, and Scott Lysett can't get back in the team. But uh, it, it's it's all working at the moment for Port, and I'm and I'm very curious to know why. Yeah, look, I think all the cogs, as you said, Doc, have just come together. Gears are moving, and players are playing their role, and some of them are doing it at an exceptionally high level. And um, I'm just I'm really impressed with what this group's just been doing. As you said, not just last week against North, but the the last couple of weeks have been partic- particularly good. I think that. 
their blend that they've got is looking really nice. I think that their halfbacks and mids boys have always been a bit, you know, who who's going to be those other guys to add into the mix and. I think um, Zach Butters has been one cat who's gone to another level for mine. I thought he's outstanding on the weekend. But him and um, Miles Bergwin, I know you're both high on them, but do you think that they can even go another step to keep propelling this team further up? Oh, absolutely. If you want to talk about most improved players of this year so far, Zach Butters is right up there for me. He's one of those guys that's taking that next step. Where is he then in the the rankings, Cat? Where have you got him and then your thoughts, Doc? In terms of (laughs) midfielders, midfielders all around or most improved? Most improved in the league. I'd have to have him top three, I think. Um, In terms of midfielders, it's it's him and Caleb Sarong as the best, most improved team this year. Mason Wood Um, play table tennis? uh, Yes, Mason Wood in that mix (laughs) right there as well. Very, very (laughs) much so. Um, But, yeah, Bergman is a great example. Mm. He's a bloke that we're going to talk about. Like I said, there's free agents. Um, But he's a bloke that is interesting uh, in that he comes out of contract this year. He's only 21. uh, Still his first contract he's on, but... Port would want to be doing everything in their bloody power to keep this kid at the moment. He looks like he's going to have a serious career ahead of him off the half-back line if he keeps playing the way he has been. Just his uh, willingness to drive the footy out of there. And he's also a great reader of the play for a kid so young. The 10 marks on the weekend, 11 intercept possessions, I thought were pretty telling, Doc, of the, the potential that this guy's got. Yeah, I, I think he's been sort of brewing for a little bit, Miles Bergman. He's had some injury issues along the way, but... I think he's now finally starting to get a clear run at it. Uh, mm. And along the wing, you can just tell that's a, a position that he is so comfortable with, he's so familiar with, and he can run, he can link. He's quite. He, he's, he's shown that sort of ounce of toughness that, that, you, that you really want out of your wingers. And I, and I, and I think he's going to be uh, – he's, he's only going to go higher up. You, know? I can, mm. you, can, you can even probably see him playing in the midfield in due time, but – He's got the potential for it. You, you don't, but you don't need him in there at the moment. Zach Butters is playing a skin, as we've said, but also guys like Connor Rosie, who's who's flying in and out there. Jason Horn Francis is starting to come along very, very well um, mm. uh, in in his first couple of months at Port, and 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 all this is happening without the without the influence of Boke and Wines so, yeah. uh, as much. You know, Boke sort of playing a little bit more across the forward half. Wines is sort of. Not not as prominent around the centre bounces now as he was, no. you know. He's, he's a taking couple a backseat to these young kids, Doc, and their their impact and their influence has been to the level of what you would expect from a guy like Wines to be adding in there. So it's clear that's where they're taking the next step as well. You look at the results. So I just want to talk about last year, Miller. We know that Port had that horrendous mm. start, um, and they started to sort of turn things around near the middle of the season. But obviously, it was just too far back for them to to make finals. But yep. There's that string of two months last year, starting in June, sort of ending around the start of August, where they lost so many games that were very, very winnable. Lost to the Tigers by two goals, lost to Freo by eight points, uh, Melbourne by 14, Geelong by 12, Collingwood by a goal. This year, they're, they're turning those results around at the moment. You know, last week, uh, you know, they probably should have been further ahead of us uh, if, if they kicked straight up it. Winning by, that by five points, St Kilda by seven, the Dogs by 14, as Doc said before. Um, over Sydney by two points. They look mentally in a much better space this year than they did at this same point last year. Absolutely, Kat. And they've got an important, you know, sort of four or five-week block coming up. I think that will... <laughs> Doesn't get any bigger than no. Melbourne on Friday. No, I thanks. mean, we're going to talk a bit about that game because we're also going to touch on, on Melbourne a bit later on. But, um, you know, then Richmond the following week, who don't know how we found a little bit of form uh, in Dimmer's back pocket. Hawthorne are competitive, um, you know, in, for some some games, and the Dogs, who are flying high as well, six of their last seven they've won. Um, so, look, I think that, yeah, I, some, I reckon like that, Kat. I think that they've done it now early on. Can they continue it now for the rest of the year will be key. Yeah. And I think it also comes back to, boys, I just wanted to talk about a few players, is that Ken has found a good blend. I think one thing about Ken Inkley that I've always been a little bit critical of, Doc, and, and you know this, is that he's always gone with the established look and and sometimes hasn't rewarded good um, sandful form. But he's really sort of changed his perspective on it all because we've seen, you know, guys like... Um, Teke will get a run instead of Lysette. Jake Mead's been good, I think, when in the games he plays. The Warlord. His oh. impact as a sub last week, Mead was fantastic. Oh, what, really fantastic. Yeah, War, Warlord. Um, we don't have the, we can't we can't say the other nickname uh, <laughs> officially on, on air, but you know, but him, War, he's another one. Like and Dylan Williams, Doc. I know 
me, you and Kat, we talked a fair bit about him, uh, sorry, off air. What, what he's done, I think, as a, a good sort of utility operator has been really impressive. And I think... Jed McEntee, another yeah. one you didn't mention, Miller. Yep. His pressure role is a small forward and he's kicking goals as well. has been really impressive. And, and Pal Pepper's gone to another level, I think, as well, boys. Uh, I know... Um, he sort of hasn't had the best run in terms of getting full games, but now we've just seen his real potential, Doc, and what he can add to this team. Yeah, I was going to touch on this this sort of layer. You could probably call them almost your bottom six players because they're all because you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't have had them in Ports twenty two at the start of the year. No, so, that's uh, right. McIntyre has been has been quite solid as as a small forward. Tickle, I mean, he got pants by Goldstein, but he he still gives you he still gives you an option at least. He's got a huge amount of upside, I think, Brendan Tickle. P- yeah, absolutely potential upside. Frankie Evans is another one. Kicked two goals on the weekend. Had had some had some pressure acts as well. Um, Warlord filling in for um for, <laughs> for for Dixon, and and as well, Dylan Williams is a guy that you know none of us probably would have thought you know was a huge no. chance to solidify himself in this twenty two at the start of the year, but now look at him. He's sort of Rebounding really well off halfback, he's connecting well, he's linking well, he's got the he's got he's got some he's got some foot skills about him. I mean, yeah, he yeah. had ten kicks at eighty percent on the weekend, so that's uh that's that's always something to hang your hat on there. But it, it's these sort of guys that are going to help Port go up to the top four this year. Mm. Um, and 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 as well, just just as you know, guys know, I love good pressure acts, a, a good pressure acts game. Ollie Wines had forty of them Jeez. on on the on, on the weekend. And so his role's a bit different, Doc, but it's working. And it's it's like we said, it's letting these younger guys like Horn Francis, who's not having huge games every week, but he's had probably three or four games you'd say he's looking like a guy who was the number one pick for a good reason. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, we talked about Butters' improvement. Um, Rosie's had a great year mm. as well. It's letting those guys shine a little bit more. Yeah. I've got a quickie, boys. Oh, oh yes. Is Tom Mitchell and Ollie Wines having more impact on their teams than their Brandlow seasons? Yes or no? Think about oh. where both their respective clubs are at. I say yes. I think Tom Mitchell and Ollie can be summed up perfectly about what they're doing. You've summed it up, Cat, in terms of his different role. I'm going to say yes because I still think Wines' Brandlow season was a little bit overrated. Yep. So I'm going to say yes. Between Tom- him and Drew adding those pressure mm. acts and those tackles and that defensive work, yes. Their mid- Port's midfield's functioning a lot better than what it was in Bra- in Wines' Brownlow season. Doc? I'm going to go yes too, um, but I'll revisit this question at the end of the season because I want to see. <laughs> I, I wasn't I, I wasn't entirely sure what Ollie Wines was doing his first his, his first month this year, mm. but I, I do agree with what Kat said about his Brownlow year. I thought it was a little, little overrated. They had a great year, but I don't know if he deserved to win the medal. It's probably about... Three or four other blokes you could have you could have put in ahead yeah. ahead of him, but um, oh look, his last couple of weeks have been very good. I think he's starting to be a little bit more prominent around the centre mm. bounces now. Ollie Wines, uh, so yeah, I'll just give just give it a little bit. <laughs> give me till the end of the season. I'll give you a definitive <laughs> yes. One player I want to talk at uh, talk about boys before we move on to the D's is definitely Jeremy Finlayson. I think what oh, yes. he's done on he a about seven oh, on the weekend. I mean he was outstanding on the weekend again, three goals, five, but twenty touches, five marks, six hit outs, four clearances. Four hundred and twenty eight meters gained. But aside um, you know, there was a lot of talk to him talk about him and his his partner during the, the preseason and what, you know, um herself and the family are going through and you just can't imagine how hard it would be to compete at the highest level and, and be performing like he does with all that on his mind. So absolute credit to him. But he's been playing out of his skin, Cat. I think he's Port's most important player structurally. Yeah, I think, well, you mean you look at last year when he had to move into the ruck and how mm. good he was at it. Um, I agree. He's a very, very versatile man, uh, Joseph Finlayson. And it's interesting because it's something that they maybe didn't have a lot of before they no. got there, Port, was those guys that can swing between the lines. And we've seen a few of them. Uh, there's a couple of guys I want to get your thoughts on, boys, who have been doing that a little. Uh, Riley Bonner, Doc. <laughs> Two goals on the weekend. We've seen him and Brian Burton, actually, as well, both swing into the forward line at times um, the past few weeks. Burn Jones looks. as well, Cap. Oh, Burn Jones. He's kicking goals. <laughs> He's been good us. the last couple of weeks, I must say, as a small forward, Doc. I, I must say, Ken throwing the magnet, he hasn't been too bad. Yeah. Is that something that works, or is that just a, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Desperation. No, I reckon it works. Well, when Burn Jones was thrown forward, Miller, it actually worked because because especially against the dogs, he was forced. Yeah. He, he actually forced Bailey Dale to defend, and we all know how much Bailey Dale <laughs> loves to be a defensive player. Um, but 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 it works. It forces those sort of smaller rebounding types to actually defend and and. And when that and when that happens, it sort of disconnects a little bit of a little bit of offensive run and drive off that half off that half back line. So I think it does work. They, they, yep. they, and and there's definitely like and you can see that now with guys like Burton, who sort of I, I don't know exactly you know, how impactful in games he can be. Burton, like in in the defensive half, he can be really hit and miss. And yep. I feel like with um with Bonner as well, he can be hit and miss as well. Mm. You know when he runs the ball out of the back line, so. I think giving these guys some roles, you know, in the forward half where, you know, you've got and you know they've they've switched uh, Ronnie Fowl from half forward to half I mean. back. Yeah, Ronnie, our man. Um, <laughs> and the, and and Finlay was he injured this week, Farrell? No, he played. He played. He yeah. only had the nine disposals. So, the game, yeah. so um, yeah, just to, and and Willem Drew is another one who probably is starting to get some recognition as a bit of a run with midfielder. Um, and he does a very very good job at it too. So. There's some. There's a lot of lot of these lot of these guys here that are that are filling roles really really well at Port. Ryan yeah. Burton is an interesting one. I know um, he's 26. Cat. He's at an interesting sort of point, isn't he? Where I, I still don't know where his best position is. I I do think overall though he's a very talented player, but I, I'm not sure where his best fit is to excel. Yeah, I mean, I think you've still got to play him in the back line. I think he's he's had a strong year, I I think, Burton, and maybe not um, amazing for maybe what the potential of what he could do looks like in those first couple of years at Hawthorne. But if he's a guy that can be versatile and like you showed this week and as he has in a couple of games, he can play a role in the forward line. He's got some height to him. He's 191. After all, we know he's got some good aerial presence um, when he's played in a marking role. So, but look, I think he's a guy that Ken's looking to kind of plug and play wherever, almost a little bit like how Brad Scott's using Langford at the moment, mm. Doc. Uh, whereas the guy that when you need him behind the ball, that's where you want to put him. When you need him to mark in the forward line, that's where he's going to put him. Uh, he's kind of a, a Mr. Fix-It at the moment. Yeah, well, it sort of comes back to what we've said about Port's uh, versatility. They've got players that can play... You know, variety. They've got like a, a good group now that can play a variety of roles, and so, mm. and I think we're starting. And I think we see now that in in a lot of these better sides that they've got a lot of that they've got a good group of players that can play multiple positions. So it, it, it's it's it, I think it's a big W there from Ken, and maybe the and maybe the and look, we're not gonna we're not gonna blow up the Hinkley uprising just yet. We've still got half a year, and remember, Paul, I've got but, plenty of time to fuck it up still. <laughs> Yeah, remember when Port were like what? They were like twelve and five or something. Miller a few years ago. Oh, the meme. The meme. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, yes. So, so, so look. I'm happy for Port. I'm happy for Ken. But if they go down that path again, I'll be taking it back from the shelf and I'll be smashing that button. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly before we move on to the D's, boys, I want your quickie opinions on this as well. Who do you think, when it's all said and done, and both the careers finish, Hawthorne? Or um, Port, who's won the wing guard or Burton trade? Not Hawthorne. No, Port. It's, Port. it's definitely Port at the moment. We've yeah. added very, very little the past few seasons. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, I don't, look, Wingard has done nothing for Hawthorne. You know? <laughs> uh, and uh, like, like, if, like, we've been, we're in the business of being honest. He's done nothing for. Them. He hasn't yeah. been very good, no. No, um, and I, th- I think, and I think, no. Port, I think Port got. I think Port. I'm just going to wheel out that deal. Actually, find out what Port actually got back. I think they got. I think they got a high end draft pick for him. I'm fairly uh, sure they did as well. As well, yeah. Let's have a look. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I oh, think though. Yeah, Port here we Traveling nicely. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Ryan Burton, pick 15, uh, pick 35, and a 2019 fourth round pick for Chad Wingard and a 2019 third-round pick. So I think... Uh, yes, I think Port well and truly. <laughs> so, so yes, Port got Xavier Dersman from that deal as well. So, yeah, I think Port... Uh, yes. So, yeah, I think Port win. By a fair margin. Yeah, um, fair Well, let's talk about the Ds, gentlemen. Uh, we mean to talk about them as well. One of the teams we haven't really touched on much this season. Decent uh, nuts. Decent nuts. Sitting nice and pretty in the top four. Second place at the moment mm. with the best percentage in the league, Melbourne. Uh, they've looked pretty good so far, Miller, without being, I think, uh, outstanding. They've had a few really good games, but 
I wouldn't call them one of the dominant teams of the comp at the moment, which is strange to say about the team that is sitting on top with the highest percentage. Just barely managed to sneak over the Suns, lost to us a few weeks ago. Um, the only real big feathers in their cap at the moment are those big wins over the Dolls and the Swans. But mm. what have you thought about Melbourne so far this season? Well, beating the Swans the way they're travelling doesn't mean shit, I'd say, um, at the moment. <laughs> they had a few more soldiers <laughs> back in round three. But I do, yeah, I, I do. It's a weird team, isn't it, Cap? Because when you talk about now contenders, I mean, Collingwood's a very talked-about team, and rightly so, they're again clear at the top. But a lot of people still preferring Melbourne, which is interesting given, as you said, they have won games, but nothing outrageously. I mean, beating West Coast by 63 is expected. Um, yes, they, the same thing with the North game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. And only fell in um, sort of against us. We, we pushed them really hard and also against the Suns. So they've also played three of the bottom four is something to think about um, just quietly on the side there. But I must say they are travelling ro- quite nicely in terms of, you know, the win column, which is always good. But I'm interested, you know, to see what the blend looks like come the end of the year, boys. We've seen Van Ruin come in early, Ben Brown struggling to get games, McDonald in um, and then dropped because of form and then injured apparently. And also Goody hates him, Doc, so not sure why he stayed and didn't trade him. But he's he's an interesting one. But Van Ruin's been playing well. But I think that um, if I'm a Demons fan right now, I'd be happy with a lot of guys taking progress. A few names I just want to quickly oh. rack up and get your thoughts on. Trent Rivers is one. I think he's been really good sort of this season, taking a big step. I also think Neil Bullen's consistency has, has gone to another level, um, which has been really good. And also Sparrow um, and also Pickett. Who Pickett's a weird one though still. I'm not sure. I mean, if you ask me round one, I'd say I'd give him the bag. Since he signed the deal, he hasn't done a whole lot, has he? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, he's an interesting case, isn't he, Kelsey Pickett? Mm. I, I think... He's he can he can I think they're sort of trying to integrate him into the middle a little bit more, and I think we saw that towards the start of the year. Yeah. Um. In terms of how, in terms of how, and look, maybe it worked. I don't know. It's still jury's still out in that. I don't think it is. It's necessary, but yeah. I understand. I understand the. I understand the proposition. You want to try and get you know your best play. Your bet. You know your best. Your hardest player. Your hardest hitting players around the ball. I mean, we yeah. saw. I mean, we saw Cody Waitman uh, attend the um, attend. You know, a little bit of, a little bit of midfield stoppage action late in that game against Carlton for the uh, the doggies on the weekend. So there is definitely a a, a spot for a player like Cosy who loves to hit people, who loves to target, loves to tackle people. Um, but look, if they're winning games, I don't think it matters too much. They've got no. they've got a lot of good score score uh, score yeah firepower. Uh, yeah. Charlie Spargo Miller is a man that you uh, that you have you know just absolutely loved to bits. Um, yes. But but as well, Harry Petty's been thrown up forward and it's worked at times. Yeah, look, he looks all right. I, do, I don't I don't hate it. I, I, <laughs> I don't hate it. But you know, if he's kicking two goals, you know, Melbourne fans shouldn't hate it either. Uh, yeah. Bailey Fritch exists still, which is good too too uh, against the Hawks. And you know, as, as we said, uh, Van Ruyen has been you know. Talks about him. I've talked oh. about him endlessly, Miller. He, he should he, he should have been in late last year. Um, yep, he should have. I think Melbourne fans have probably been uh, itching to sort of see the forward line develop uh, this year, Miller, and that's what we've seen. You know, mm. there were concerns that, that they hadn't been playing Van Ruyen, and they didn't know how you know Brown and McDonald obviously aren't going to be playing forever and getting closer towards um, the, the end of their careers and the starts. Um, but it's looked good this year. We've seen the future of that grow. Van Ruyen obviously looks the goods. Um, Kay Chandler come out of nowhere and suddenly been a very bloody solid and consistent contributor. Pickett, we mentioned, you know, he's averaging two goals and five tackles a game. I think that's pretty solid. Spargo playing really good footy. McVee as well, Kat. Yeah, young Juddy McVee. He's been Juddy, good. Juddy. Uh, he's been, played a few roles, sort of played on the wing, played half back, played half forward. He's looked good, I think, really in all of them. Um, I think they'd be very happy with how the young group is coming through at the moment. The, I think I'll go, Doc. I was just going to say, Miller, they're the third best defensive team in the comp. Yeah, I was actually just about to say that too. <laughs> that's, that's with Stephen May playing probably yeah. below his, um, you know, his expectations for the, a few of the games this year. They're on a great wavelength, I think, Doc, is how I'd sum it up. They all look like they're really working well, playing their roles. No one's trying to do too much or, you know, trying to be the guy. Um, I think it's a really good team effort and, They've done it also in a large part. You know, Salem hasn't played, obviously, any footy this year. Um, and, you know, I think that Bowie's been a good sort of 
stopgap as well. Hibbard, obviously, he's getting on, but he's still been a good job playing his role. But I am interested, boys, where it leaves, you know, Brown and McDonald, you know, come the end of this season. I know Ben Brown is a uh, – he won't be going anywhere, but I think Tom McDonald's more likely to part ways, if anything. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, uh, he, he, he was on the outer a couple of years ago as well. This, mm. was, this was before Melbourne won the flag. Yeah. Uh, so I. Well, there was all that word for a while that um, Collingwood were interested in him, wasn't there? Yeah, no, oh, Col- yeah. Collingwood were interested in him, and we don't want him now. It just sort of <laughs> fell at the wayside. It just sort of fell at the wayside. So, um, no, he's an interesting case, Tom McDonald. He's out of contract uh, next year, twenty twenty four. But we all know from last couple of uh, trade periods that contracts don't mean anything. So. <laughs> He might, he could find himself at another club next year if this is the way it's going, which is a 13, shame. Thirteen games, Doc. So nine last year, four so far this year. Yeah, it's a shame because I think when he's fully fit, Tom McDonald's a, a extremely versatile player. Like he like he's got a great aerobic capacity. He could play. He could he could feature on a wing easily. Get, get him in the back line. Don't know why Stewie does. Um, Goody does not have him down there. Is, is there room for him down there at the moment? Well, though? I think that it'd let Lever play as an intercept if they wanted, or May as an intercept and give McDonald the big body. I mean, I know it's a long time ago now, but 2018 he did kick 53 goals. That was a bit of an anomaly, though, I must say. Um, but look, I still think he's AFL quality, so I think he should be getting a game somewhere. Maybe yeah. not on Demons' list, though. Yeah, well, there's no doubt he's, he's an AFL quality player, but I, my, my question with him is is, is his body. You know, he's yeah. had he's had sort of these sort of injury issues that have sort of niggled him over the last five years, and it's now mm. starting to get to the point where he can't get back in this team because Van Ruyen's playing well. You got Bailey Fritsch who's in the form of his life, and Goody's deciding to throw Harry Petty up forward because fuck it. Um, <laughs> and, and 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 also and also Brody Grundy, um, Brody yeah. and Grundy and Gorner are, are playing are playing split minutes between ruck and forward. So where where are you going to find? Yeah. A, a spot for him in this team. I don't... Yeah, that's that's my question there, Doc. Is I just don't think he fits in anywhere at the moment. The the roles that that Goody's yeah. got some of these guys playing, I don't think you unseat any of them for McDonald. No, that's right true. Now. I do agree with that, boys. And that's that's, that's part of why Brown's not getting in either. Yeah, um, Grundy and Gorn when they're drifting forward and add Van Roon into that are doing just fine as the key forwards. They got a nice blend, I think, in both. I talked about the back line, but also the forward line and. We know how highly we rate the mids, Cat. I mean, it sets up sort of a mouth-watering clash Friday. Um, you know, I think you get to see Oliver Petrarca. You get to see Wines, Butters, Rosie. Um, some really, really, really great matchups there. So it's Just a, a quickie on that then, gentlemen. Oh. Um, if you're given Will and Drew a tagging role this weekend... Who are you sending him to? Clayton. Got to be Clayton. Yeah, you gotta, you got to go Clayton for mine. I think Petrarca's been probably more in form, actually. But yeah. Because their track had a, a bit huge game. You can't track, tag Petrarca, though, I no. don't think. I, I, th- I think if you push Drew up, up into the forward line, you're gonna you, he's going to have a hard time, I think. Yeah. Mm. What do you think, Cap? No, I think I agree with that. Yeah, um, you, you generally want to stop the ball at the source. You're going to have a harder time stopping the bloke spreading and getting to the outside like Petrarca does, and he rotates, yep. as we said, into the forward line a lot more often. <laughs> I don't know if Clary ever rotates into the forward <laughs> line. Uh, yeah, I'd stick, I'd stick with Clary well and truly. Um, uh, I can't. I cannot wait to hear our tips later in this game. It's going to be huge. I've, I've got a quickie here, boys. Um, has Ed Lang, is the wing duo of Ed Langdon and Lockie Hunter the best in the competition this year? Yes. I I can't think of a team that's got a better two than those two. I, I have to say yes. Mm. It's got to be up there. I a- do think side bottom and... Uh, Dacos. 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 And Dacos yeah. that's, that's a very close contender. Very close. It's oh, a tough call. Yeah, look, I, I would say they're demons as well. Yeah, yeah I, I agree too. And as much as I hate to admit it, I think Lockie Hunt has been one of the finds of the year. Oh, well, he's been. So you talk about win-win trades, Doc. Uh, well, it wasn't a trade, but I guess win-win swaps <laughs> of players. Hunter ending up at the D's and Baker ending up with your boys, uh, I think, is a great win-win for both those clubs. Yeah, well, we gave up. Well, you know, we we got peanuts in return for Lockie Hunter. So and and Oscar Baker was the listed free agent. So I'm yes, sure. Be- I'm, yes, sure yes. I'm sure Bevo got to enjoy his, enjoy his peanuts, Miller. Um, <laughs> but Baker Baker probably doesn't end up coming to the Dogs if Hunter doesn't leave. No, yeah. that's true. No, that's true. He definitely doesn't play. I was going to say he, he wouldn't be getting a game if he hadn't. But no. that's a great call, cool Cat. I really like that. 
but yeah, I think, look, th- this game is going to be very exciting um, at Friday night. And as you said, I'm, I'm keen to see who's tipped what later on for sure. Yes, that's going to be big. Um, you want to have a bit of discussion here, Miller, about draft picks. Uh, there's been a bit of uh, news, well, not news, but there's been discussions about teams buying draft picks and things like that. And clearly the AFL is considering some sort of way to shift around pick trading and various things to do with draft picks. But you want us to discuss what the pro- what the process of a draft lottery or something similar could look like in the AFL. Is there any possible way anything like that could happen? Yeah, look, I think it's going to open up a good discussion here, Kat. I know we've got some interesting uh, different views from everyone here, which is good. But look, I'm all for it. I think that we don't have an issue with tanking the league. I'm not saying that at all. But it opens up, you know, a bit of excitement come, you know, you're not guaranteed the number one pick if you finish bottom. And um, I think later the NBA do it with the percentages is really good. And I think it just add for a bit of theatre. And also, I, I do... I've said this a lot um, even before I've come to this podcast and it's I do think that it's very rare that a number one pick can completely change a club um, mm. in, in AFL. I think it can have a good impact, but I think that you're not always guaranteed the, the best player in a, you know, a, a team, how do I say it, almost a team turnaround or a, if that's even a thing. Like it, not anyone can... I still think Harley Reid, I know he's been talked up in the Harley Reid Cups happening this weekend, but I don't think he will dramatically change a football club like it is. But I think that it opens up a, a bit of a theatre, I think, which I'm not I'm not against. I think it'd be good. In my mind, you still have to get the, the, the pick right, which makes me lean towards yeah. saying, no, don't make it a lottery. Still give whoever finishes last the number one pick. Um, I don't remember what the exact stat was, but... Um, I, I recall seeing something like before 2000, um, it was, there's a much higher percentage of number one draft picks that ended as all Australians. Um, than there has been after 2000. Um, I don't think it's as clear doc that the number one player is better than everyone else in even the top 10, uh, as it was maybe 20 years ago. I don't think you're giving a huge advantage necessarily to the bottom place team leading them pick number one. Um, than it maybe was um, back in you know when we, in the era of priority picks being handed out to everyone and and whatnot. Yeah, geez, m- remember those days where if you won less than five games, you got an extra you got an extra pick. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was great in those times. Do you, um, suck, do you suck pick, Doc? Yeah. Here you go. You guys are shit. Take I'm, one of these with you. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we got handed a couple of those during, yeah, during, we, we, during we the early years. Oh look, I sort of agree with. I sort of I understand where you're coming from, Millie. You want to try and make it a little bit more exciting, a little bit more unpredictable. But I think it. I, I just don't agree with it. I, I think mm. we saw the NBA draft today. You know, the Spurs had the. Uh, I think it was like the third worst, uh, equal second worst record in the NBA, and they ended up with the the number one pick that's going to land them the the next wonder kid in 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 the NBA. So, mm. um, I just don't. I just don't see that happening here. I mean, look. We we know Harley Reid's going to be the clear cut number one this year, um, and that will go and that deserves to go to the team that that sucks the most. Um, but, to put yeah, it but, uh, put it bluntly, um, but look, but look, and and I'm not saying that these kids are expected to come in and you know turn a, a West Coast side that's won one game from 21 matches in, into a into a powerhouse, but he's going to help move that needle a, a lot. I agree with that. No doubt about that, but I don't know. I just think that maybe not every team. Oh, I don't know. Some people don't even want the no one pick. They might want to trade it down to get assets or something. I don't know. It's very. I don't know. I think. I think NBA and AFL are very different. I do think in the NBA someone can change a franchise mm. um, because of the revenue it can bring in. Also, the same with AFL. Like I'm sure whoever gets Harley Reid, Cat will be selling jerseys. There's no doubt about that. Um, even if the team don't get him, they'll Photoshop his uh, his name onto the back of them. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I it's yeah. I think the unpredictability and also just if you're still around that bottom sort of four mark, you should have a better. You should have a, a same chance as bottom. I don't know. Mm. I think just based on past history, we've seen that it takes more than one year and one good draft pick to really turn a team around. Generally, you, you need to either nail the whole draft or 
get a number of good players in over across two or three years to mm. really change a team from being, you know, but then a, so in that case, wouldn't you, encourage, wouldn't you encourage the lottery though, Kat, and then in that case, I don't think so because it's like I said, you have to get the picks right first and foremost, and it's a lot harder. Well, to, that's standard recruitment more than where yeah. you positioned. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, you you might find that the guy who is drafted third ends up more talented than the guy that's drafted first or might change a team in a better yeah. way. I don't know. I, I think there's plenty of reason to say that the current system is, is fine. Um, because I'm not saying it's not fine. Just, I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah More no. than just one number one pick to set no. you back on the right track. And no. the teams we've seen that wasted those picks years after years. And yeah, I don't know. Think it's... of the Melbourne and Richmond back in the yeah. <laughs> mid-2000s. That's no, so thank you. Crap for no, thank you. I don't want to think about who we drafted. No, Jared Oakley Nichols for you, Miller. Oh, thank God. Let's move on to the ladder, boys, oh. before we get to the juicy stuff, the super coach and the tips to finish off this episode. Oh, um, it's getting a bit juicy at the top then, at the bottom, Doc. Uh, let's have a run through from 18th upwards. Yeah, okay then, Kat. Um, so so in 18th, we've got we've got the two teams in the Harley Recap. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Hawthorne currently sitting at the bottom with a percentage of 60, one win from nine starts. Uh, and then West Coast, one win from nine starts, just above them, 0.5% above. So uh, that, that's amazing considering the fact West Coast gets smacked every week. Um, in 16th, we've got North Melbourne. Not sure how they've won two games, but they've they've lost seven in a row now. So uh, percentage of 62.9. So they're they're sort of they're sort of peeking their head in through the door of that Harley Reid Cup. They want they want in on the act. They want in on the action, cat. Um, and then 14th and 15th, we've got the two New South Wales clubs. Um, who would have thought Sydney being three and six after uh, after Jeez. nine games? Uh, they're sitting in 14th, percentage of 97.7, so still pretty healthy. They're sort of, they're, they're... I'm genuinely considering tipping north this week, boys. I won't lie. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going no. to, but I am thinking about it. And, and, and in 15th is the Orange team. Three wins, six losses, percentage of 85.4. Haven't been too bad, Miller. Um, we, we're going to keep an eye on them uh, this weekend, and we might yep. be uh, might be back with some some orange team content next week. Thirteenth, um, we've got your mob, Miller. Three wins, five losses, and one draw <laughs> on the back of two wins in a row. Percentage yeah, of go. percentage of ninety nine point six. You're only a game and a half now out of, out of the eight, Miller. So you're back in it. What the hell's um, oh. You got you got 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 to win got to win against the Bombers this week to be a real chance now, Miller. Yep. Um, and then from 12th to 10th, we've got teams with four wins and five losses, starting Frio, 98.1%. They've won their last two. The Gold Coast Suns, uh, with a percentage of 101.5, they've won three of their last four. And then Essendon, who were 4-1 and one, but now are 4-5, and five, uh, percentage of 102.7. And uh, up here, Doc. Yeah, so huge, huge games coming up for your mob, Cat. Uh, and then rounding out the bottom ten is a team that we all expect to <laughs> flunk is Carlton, who fraudulent, have, fraudulent football team. Yeah, fra- <laughs> fraudulent football team. If we've ever seen one, cat uh, four wins, four losses, one draw. Uh, they've lost four of the last five, including a massive hack job uh, on Saturday night against our mob, uh, my mob. <laughs> sorry. Um, and then we get to the top eight. We've got mm. the Crom in eighth spot, five wins, Go four Crom. losses. Uh, Good prediction from you, Doc. Yeah, no, I had them in the top six, and they they you hear Robbo on the weekend. He said they were going to win the flag. You know, oh no! Settle down. Yeah, pipe down, Robbo. Get back Look to your bottom. Um, but anyway, the Crom five wins, four losses, percentage of one hundred and fourteen point four, and above them uh, is Geelong, also on five wins. Uh, you know, the uh, percentage of one twenty seven point five. They're on um, their way. It's very concerning. Yes. Yeah, so, well, that, well, they lo- well they lost a game they shouldn't have on the weekend, so they've uh, been sent back down to earth. Alex Miller's having the time of his life over there. Get a dog up here. Um, <laughs> and then fifth and sixth, two teams on six wins and three losses, including my team, the Western Bulldogs. Six wins, three losses, percentage of 102.5. It's a little bit concerning. We can't seem to thrash teams yet, but that's okay. We've won six of our last seven, so I'm not, I'm, I can't complain yes, too much. Good form, Doc. Yes, we, we're, we're in very, very good nick. In, Four in a row, too, Cat. Oh, how, how nice is that? Um, and then we've got the Saints who are, aren't in as good form now. They've lost three of their last five, uh, six uh, six wins and three losses, uh, percentage of 120.8, so still very, very healthy. In the top four, three wins on uh, three teams on seven wins and two losses, starting with Port Adelaide, uh, a, a side that's won six in a row, as we've said earlier, 112.1%. Uh, and in third place, Brisbane, 126.6%. They've also won 
they've won what six in a row as well. I think. Yeah, they have the Lions. I think Brisbane. So they're they're, oh, they're all flying. Uh, Melbourne are are in good form. They've won four in a row. Seven wins, two losses. Percentage of one hundred forty-three point six, best in the comp. And then in the top spot is the Collingwood Football Club. (laughs) Eight wins, one loss. They're they're flying. They're they're in ripping nick at the moment. They've won their past five games. Percentage of one hundred twenty-nine point seven. Who's going to stop them, boys? Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne might. Melbourne might. Won't be Carlton. I've got the wood over the D's, boys, the yep. past few years. I wouldn't be too <laughs> too quick to jump on that there, Doc. Yes, well, t- time's changed, Kat, so that, that's going to that's gonna be broken this year. King's birthday is going to be all over it. Oh, I can't wait for that game. Just got some breaking news, Kat. Uh, they've announced the AFL that, thank God, the grand final will be back at 2.30. Oh, thank you uh, for that. Don't hell. worry. Uh, you won't have to dim the lights and have a beer. It's going to be uh, the real thing. <laughs> and also some other good news is Ben Hobbs re-signed cap for two years. Oh, we love it. The not so good news is that Will Setterfield has, sounds like he's got a stress fracture in his foot. Oh, you're joking. Or a, a oh. serious foot injury. Uh, he's going to miss some length of time. So, Oh, uh, no. At least Hobbs is in. That's good. But also oh, the midfield, the midfield is rooted. <laughs> but, but but also Peter Wright's uh, in in good form too. He's, yes, he's Peter Wright back. due to be back before the bye against Carlton. The aeroplane jelly. Yes. The aeroplane jelly. Here we come. Yeah. No. So it's not it's not all bad, Cap. It's well, I'm not, not excited bad. to be missing Parish and Setterfield in the midfield this week. Shit. Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. Might actually make me tip Richmond. Oh, yeah. Considering it. Oh, well, before we get to the tips, boys, and thank you for rolling off the ladder there, Doc. We've got to talk about the super coach this week. Oh, Some good fuck. results and not so good results. As we said at the top of the show, Doc, two in a row, beat Miller this week. Two in a row. Get a big dog up, you Miller. Um, oh. <laughs> it's got you all the way up to 14th, mate. You're jumping up the ladder. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's good times here for um for my team. We're in we're in we're in some good form. The team didn't perform so well. I traded Noah Anderson uh, last week and he only got me 88 because Come on, because Ruben Jinby and, and Xavier O'Neill thought it was a good idea to run with them. Um, Same bottom, here, Doc. I yeah, also did that. Yeah, bottom, bottom Pelly had as my captain, didn't do too well, but he still ended up with a respectable 224 as captain. Um, Clary was good, 119, but yeah, Paddy Cripps with a 60. He, he spent more time uh, pulling Bailey Smith's hair than actually winning a hardball. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh, God, yes. I also wasn't great on my front. I had Hopper boys who got injured and going to be out for the medium term, so he's out definitely. Tim Kelly, Cat, my left field prick of the prediction of the year, 132. So he produced the goods okay. again. Tim, uh, Conor McKenna, no goods. Uh, he got 35, so he's out <laughs> this week. Ashcroft, out. I stuck there with him, got 97, hit his break even, so good boy, keep running, as Dan Very would nice. say. Also... <laughs> Chin Cotter was crap with 33, but the big barge Marshall 131 made me smile. And um, yeah, I was pretty happy with my mob. How did yours go, Cap? Oh, look, not too bad. I was pretty pretty happy overall this week. I, I made a, a bit of a mistake going, of course, the week I decided to captain Bond. Uh, he dropped below 120 for the first time in five weeks, uh, which wasn't great. Could have gone the big barge 131 or Errol Goulden 156 or even Clary scored a few more points. But Don't no, mention Errol Miller. Uh, no, I know you hate him at the moment. Oh, just, I just don't have him. Second uh, second week in a row, he's torched. And, and, and on top of that, Jordan Ngoi got me over the line against you on Sunday uh, night. Yeah, it's a good week to go for me after having a couple of crap rounds. So I'm very happy about him uh, this week. But uh, I still moved down the ladder because I lost my game to uh, the dark side of the moon. He's taken to the top. Uh, he's the only undefeated bloke in our league at the moment. He's been doing fabulous things. But I'm 10th, Miller's 11th, so I'm just above you still, mate, which is nice. Jeez, I'm uh, shit. But we both got leapfrogged by John Ralph this week, so we're oh. both uh, shit right now. Um, but as I said, dark side of the moon, still on top of the league. He's moving yes. to first place in the league. Dersma's arrow down to second after losing his first game of the year. Jason, the rusty trombone in third. And somehow, I know you're going to hate this, Doc, Slobo has moved into the top four. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I don't know how he's managed it. He's, What's uh, going on there? He spent, he spent half the week complaining <laughs> about the moon Metricon last week, and he's still somehow managing to win games. Oh, jeez. Um, Shout out to... Um... Lucas with his score of 2,300. Massive. He got massive score. He VC'd Errol Gordon for a massive 312 very, very smart, as captain. That is oh. absolutely outstanding from him. So oh. He's also got Petrarca, 143, uh, 148, sorry, and Sicily, 134. Yeah, Beautiful. well, 
Oh, I had the I had the third highest score out of, out of out of us in the entire league this week, and I think it was something similar the week before. So I mean, I mean, I'm in some good form, and good for you, mate. Well done. I've got, yeah, no, it's all right. You, you, you'll enjoy this, uh, Miller, because I've got the uh, I've got uh, Durs Mazzaro this week. So top two, top two side. Um, He's just coming off his first loss. Two nothing. He's going to be seeing red. Yeah, I know. It's going to be it's going to be a danger game for me. Um, yeah, he only scored. He only just managed to crack over two thousand last week. So yeah, it's his worst worst score of the year. It, it, it's, it's 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 I don't want to say it's uh, it, uh, it's vulnerable. He's vulnerable, but. <laughs> I'm really poising myself for a big, big game here. Well, what are the moves here, Doc? How are you getting oh, this win this gosh. week? So one thing, one change is already confirmed. I'm going to make two because um, I really want to stick my boots in him. Uh, I've traded in Harry Sharp for – okay, so what's happening is I'm trading out Michael Laney and Fergus Green. Yeah, that, that's gonna, It's going to leave me approximately about 590-something cap space, something like that. Um Harry Sharp's in. That's confirmed in. He's going to get me some money. Uh, hopefully, put it towards finished product. Uh, my next trade is where it gets a little bit sticky. Um, I've got about four hundred and forty-five grand left to spend. So, uh, I spent the last couple of days thinking about Johannesson from the Dogs. He's been average, averaging over ninety points per game the last five games. Yeah, been a good uh, touch, JJ. Been a very, very good touch. I've Thought about Mitch Duncan, who's averaged uh, back to back. Who's got back to back nineties uh, for the first time this season. Been pretty good. Had had really had one really poor game. I think it was against West Coast too, where he had forty had forty super coach points and didn't do anything. Mm. Um, or someone suggested to me I get Ollie Wines in, um, who is very very cheap at four twenty. Um, had ninety three on the weekend and had spent a bit of time in the middle as well. So. He's finally starting to kick on, so and he's got a very low break even fifty seven as well. So, Jeez. I've got a I've got a big decision on my. It could be the biggest decision I've made I make this year in Supercoach. That's massive, uh, Miller. What are you looking at this week, mate? I've gone the boost cat out of pure rage uh, after losing <laughs> last week. I've gone definitely McKenna at. I think that you might be doing yeah. the same. Uh, Hoppers come out due to necessity, and also Bakers come out. I brought in Sarong as my primo, which is very, very good. Like uh, lots, like Doc and many other people, Harry Sharp's in. He's going to make a little bit of cashola. And I've gone left field cat with this one. I've gone Nevitt. I've gone Mitch Nevitt. Back-to-back 70s. He's only priced at 207000 It also leaves me with 93 in the bank for my next trade. And it still leaves me with um, 15 to go left. So I've got a lot of money that's going to be hopefully be made on the bench because I've got Brother Seamus, Sharp, Angwin, and Weedle. So hopefully if they pick it up. <laughs> Josh and also, Weedle. And Josh also Weedle. never. So, Josh um, Weedle's evolving this week, I think. So I think <laughs> Josh Weedle to Josh Beedrill. After his first goal. <laughs> <laughs> if Nevitt as well can make a bit of cash, then um, that will be good. So the midfield's looking nice. Um, no, nah, good news, mate. And um, I'm just probably a mid and a, a mid and a defender off primos in both of them. And then... Just got to work out Savin and Van Roon. What about you, Kat? How, how's yours looking? Well, uh, the Setterfield injury is going to absolutely destroy oh. my team because I'm the one idiot that's still got him in this team at the moment. <laughs> oh, Kat, why? why my, original, gonna... my original move was going to be Sicily and Dill Williams in, oh, Connor McKenna nice. and Ridley out. Um, but now... Have you got a boost? I do, but I don't want to use it. I want to hold on. Use it. I don't think I'm going to. I know Ridley's an absolute money sink here, boys. No matter what, he's losing money this week. But I might have to keep him in. No, you've got to move him. It's tough. I know he's going to lose money, but I know I'm going to get money coming no, in from elsewhere. And I'd rather get the score in the midfield. I know Ridley's going to score. I don't know. It's Good. going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'm going to be thinking about this all for the next until bloody Friday night here because I've got mm-hmm. to do something. The the only the only thing I know I'm doing this week is I'm putting vice captaincy on 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 Golden as a loophole because he's playing North. Uh, he's pro- so he's probably gonna get even if he doesn't get me hundred even if he doesn't get me hundred fifty. I'm happy if I get one thirty or one twenty. I've got the rusty trombone this week. It's gonna be tough. And, and and if he doesn't do that, I'm just gonna slip the captaincy on Barge Marshall because I think I think uh, Matty Flynn leaks a leaks a big super coach score. Mm, no, very true, Doc. So, yes, Doc, uh, oh, sorry, Miller, you've got um, the rusty trombone, was yep. it, this week? Yes. 
Uh, rip. Doc taking on Dersma's arrow. So two very tough <laughs> matchups. Even, b- even bigger rip. <laughs> Jeez. And for myself, I will have Buttersmania, who is currently sitting 12th on the equal record. So this is going to be a big game between us two. Uh, yeah. I think, he, I think he scored quite well last week, though, which has me very, very worried. Yeah, 2187 for Buttersmania last week. Um, so I'm a bit worried here, boys, that I might be copying a loss. <laughs> Almost, almost an elimination final in some respects for you, Cat. It is. Oh. It's a huge game. Huge game. It's a big call. We cannot wait for that. It's going to be a huge one. But speaking of huge games, let's talk tips, boys. Yes. Um, a few big games this week. And Friday night is going to be the biggest of a lot of them. Port Adelaide and Melbourne in a top four clash. Just uh, firstly, how many did everyone get last week? I only got oh, yes. seven. I should have tipped uh, I got seven as well. Um, I knew <laughs> that I should <laughs> not... <sighs> It was the Adelaide St. Kilda game. Could have gotten eight very easily, and I tipped the Saints for some stupid reason. You're a goose. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, got, I got seven as well. Seven? I, all right. Seven. are all equal this week then still. So, yeah, so me and Doc are on 53, and Kat, you're catching up a bit. 48, yeah. Slowly, slowly. Oh, he, he, could have made, he could have made some ground this week, but if he... Frio's a good tip, though. You could yeah, have made I was very happy with yeah. that one, boys. That, yeah, that, that was a good tip, because I, I, was, I was juggling on whether or not to go Sydney or Frio. Oh, dear. I was happy with that one. But, but Friday yes, night, this what... week's going to test us with a few of these here, boys. Port and Melbourne. Uh, at this stage, I'm tipping Melbourne. Charlie Dixon looking likely to play, um, but Marshall going to be out, as we know. Um, so... Petrarca's definitely playing as well, Kat. Petrarca so... is playing. Don't yet. No I'm, doubt about that. I'm going to go Demons as well. Yes, go Dees. Margin as well. I'm going to have 15 points. Uh, 18. I'm half tempted to go Port, boys. <sighs> Feel like... Dark. Melbourne don't play particularly well at Adelaide Oval, and I oh, think do it, do it. Now. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think this is the sort of game that they that they bottle up Melbourne. Oh no, you're a goose. Go on, Doc. You know you want to. Yeah, well, I'm going to go. Pet, I'm going to go Port by nine points. Oh, huge, huge. Uh, Saturday there might be about eight thousand people and their dogs at this game. Uh, North Melbourne and Sydney, Battle of the Walking Wounded. I think North uh, might have to make about five or six changes. I think it is this week, boys. Yeah, uh, which is. Stuffed. Swans. Uh, well, it's gonna well, be swans. Well, if there's any if there's any silver lining coming out of this game, it's a the medical staff are gonna win this game, and b the the imminent debut of Georgie Wardlaw yes. is gonna be yes. is gonna be good. In Clarko, get him in Clarko. Get uh, him in. Having said that, South Melbourne. <laughs> Go Swamp. Go Swamp. Get a uh, dimmy. Speaking of injuries, geez, there's some bad ones this week. The dogs and the crows. Uh, Tex Walker in, in doubt. Silthorpe out. Uh, Bulldog. Oh. Bulldog are winning this. I'm getting is this, a, is this at Marvel, Doc? No. It's at Ballarat. Oh, jeez. No, no, it's on Mars. Yeah, no, it's in that shithole we call Ballarat. <laughs> it's going to be about nine degrees on, on Saturday. Why the, why the fuck would you be playing in, in, in freezing cold conditions like that? <laughs> oh, jeez. Someone's going to break your finger, that's for sure. Um, um, I'll go Bulldogs. Yeah, look, the um, the, the news of Tex and, and, filth, and filthy Phil's injuries has me a bit erect. Um <laughs> I'm going to go us. We're going to go seven from eight. Jeez, go go Bogger. Go Boggers. Uh, this is a danger game here, I think, boys. Freo and Geelong no. in, at Optus. Oh, it's, it's big. Geelong's still missing Danger Miller. Uh, all yeah, those true. blokes, I don't think they've got anyone coming back in this week, as far as I'm Guthrie, aware. Guthrie, no. Um, I will double-check the injury list for that. But, but at this stage, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Look, oh, it is tempting to look at. Ollie Henry going to be out too, gentlemen. Jack yep. Henry uh, possibly in. Brad Close will return from suspension. Ruptured but... testicle for Ollie Henry. Oh, poor bloke. <laughs> suffered the uh, suffered the old Scotty Thompson uh, from a few years ago. Couldn't yeah, imagine anything worse than rupturing a nut. The oh. big ones are Stengel and Henry in the mix, um, but I don't think they're guarantees to come back. In. No, Close I don't think I'd the only one rush them. Definitely in. I don't think I'd rush them either, Cat. Um, I'm going to go the Cats. But I think this will be a very good game. Yeah, I'll go Cats as well. Depending on who comes back in, if Jack, if Sam DeConing come back mm. into this team, I'm going the Cats. And if, if Stengel gets up as well, Cats will win. Stengel, but if, baby. Yeah. But if none of them get up, I'm going Freo. Jeez. All right. Huge tip there. Uh, the Q Clash on Saturday night, Brisbane and Gold Brisbane. Coast. Yeah, I don't think you're stopping Brisbane. The oh, God. At the moment. Well, against the what? Suns. But why, no. is this, why is this game on a Saturday night? This game is no business. <laughs> I think it could be all right. It could um, be a decent clash. It could be okay. It might be um, anything special. It would be all right. Uh, uh, unless Nick Holman comes back and absolutely destroys somebody. 
Uh, I have no interest in this game. <laughs> he might. Yeah, he might. He oh, might. look. Well, Brisbane are in form. Um, I think they'll win pretty convincingly. All eyes will be on this third cap. <sighs> yes, dream time. The Bombers and the Tigers. Uh, I was very optimistic about this game, but now we're down half our midfield, which has me absolutely shitting myself. Um, well, the, well, the good Richmond... news is that Ridley and Kelly will come back. Yes, that is good. Well, Richmond have Hopper no hopper. Out. No helper. Yeah, no Nick helpers. possibly back in Miller is very good. I don't know what that does to the Rucks, and maybe Samson plays more forward. I must say, I thought he did a fairly decent job against um, Jonathan Segler, which wouldn't be hard. I mean, yeah. he should be in re- <laughs> should be in retirement home. So, look, I've got to tip my boys. I was impressed with how they played on um, Friday night. So, I'll be back in a year. I want. I have to back my team here. There it is. The A3 Nine Cup, years Cap. since we've beaten you. Yes, the second matchup for the A3 Cup for the season. We've got to. We have to win this. If we're serious about improving as a football team, we have to win this because we could be very easily 7-5 and five before we play Carlton. If we've, we've got North and West Coast the next two weeks after this game, uh, and then we've got big two-metre Peter coming back in. <laughs> we've got to. We've got to win. The aeroplane oh. jelly from Avalon Airport. Must win, boys. Must win. I'm, I'm, I'm the man on the fence here, and I have no idea who to tip. Um, <laughs> Don't fall off the fence, mate. Before the Centerfield news, I would have gone Essendon. Mm. I think I think they've been been in much much better nick than Richmond. But jeez, oh, I think oh, I'm I'm tempted to flick it now. I'm tempted to flick it to Richmond because you no know, Parish, no Centerfield. It's just Zach Merritt take on the world. Ben Hobbs might have a special Hobbs guest appearance. Might have might have a special guest appearance in there somewhere. <laughs> um, Dusty's in really good form too now, Miller. Oh, I, I yes. think I, I think he's back to uh, his he's, past two weeks have been outstanding. He's heading right back to his best, and I think on that he gets he gets up for your mob, Miller. Jeez, Jeez. that'd be good. I'd love that. All right, I'm, so I'm going to go Tigers then, Doc. Yep, I'm going to go Tigers. All right, well there it is. <laughs> um, kicking us off on Sunday, boys. Speaking of must-win games, Hawthorne and West Coast. Oh, Hawthorne shit. have M- got must to must win must this lose games must, if you want, must if you want Harley Reid. Oh. <laughs> must fold. Whoever lo- loser must fold. Uh, <laughs> must fold. Look, I think it's just going to be a battle of who's less crap on the day, but it's got to be Hawthorne and Tassie. It's, it's got, got to be. be. They have to win this one. Hawthorne were pretty good after halftime against Melbourne. I must, yeah, that I must quarter say. was brilliant. They, they really cracked in. If they can do that for a bit longer, then they'll beat West Coast by 40 plus. Yeah. All right. Go Hawks. Uh, Go Hawks. Saturday Arvo game. This is must watch. Fraudulent football club versus Collingwood. <laughs> uh, Collingwood. They will do them by forty five points. You watch here, gentlemen. Fraudulent. Fraudulent oh, you reckon club. it's a whooping cap? There you go. Yeah. If you boys have seen the disparity between these two clubs in the past month. Yeah, uh, look, that's the thing. No way that Carlton are getting up. That's the biggest thing is that you've got one team playing out of their mind and one team that are losing their mind. So I'm gonna go I'll go Collingwood as well. Yeah. Um, anyone that says Blake Akers has been one of the finds of the year has just absolutely out of their crook mind. I just I watched the bloke butcher a simple twenty meter kick go over the head of his teammate and land into the lap of a of a player who's in really good form at the moment. And and then and then dob a goal from fifty meters out as a result of that. He loved so, it. So uh, Collingwood. Absolutely. They wouldn't be surprised if it's, like they they seem to have these close games. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they went close again. Collingwood, uh, sorry, Collingwood will win because Carlton are noticeable choke yeah, artists. I think it's a smashing here, Doc. But Why anyway. is it three twenty on a Sunday? Cat is my my question. Uh, Made a bit. The AFL is allergic to good time slots. Yeah, and also this game, this next last game, should not be at this time. This will be a good contest, I think. Uh, danger! I think this is a genuine danger game here for the Saints. Yeah. Miller. Um, hmm. They looked very flat against the Crows um, on Sunday, and if they don't play to their best, I think the Giants are an actual chance here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with that. I think because as well, boys, we haven't seen the Giants have a poor week like that. And I think Kingsley obviously has great yeah, they'll standards. Respond. Um, they'll respond big time. I'm going to go Giants pending teams at this stage. I'm saying St. Kilda, but I think this will be a very, very, very close match. It's a good test for the Saints, I think, Doc. Yeah. Oh, they've been no, – the wheels are starting to wobble a little bit uh, at, at St. Kilda. And... Ross is getting not so cuddly anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, cuddly Ross was still a little bit forgiving on, on Sunday. He was sort of like, a, oh, give, give him a mulligan. You know? <laughs> T- t- teams are allowed to have one bad week, can't they? Maxi King's oh. in this week, boys, which is good oh, news. Yeah. Very good news for the Saints. Yeah, oh. no, that'll be good. I'm going to go to the Saints. I think they'll bounce back. Yeah. I think – oh, look, I don't know where to make of the Giants. They sort of – I don't see them – like. They, they compete well, but I don't see them 
taking a game by the balls. No. Uh, no. Uh, the, 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 the same way, like, say Essendon do, Cat, yeah. at the start of the year, or, or, or Brisbane, or even Freo the last couple of weeks. They've, mm. they've commanded games. I don't, yeah. see, I don't see GWS doing that. No, that's well, fair. They've got a good chance to do so this week, I think, um, if they can find a way, uh, which, you know, you never know. Also, go, also, also go barge. Get me, get me up for my super coach game. Can't <laughs> he can do it. Um, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode, gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening along once again this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when the new episodes come out. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at A3 Footy on Twitter. Like we said earlier in the show, our first bit of sub- subscriber content going out this week, all yep. to do with the free agents across the league. If you feel like giving us a little bit of support, all that money goes back into the podcast. So if you want to get a little bit of extra content and you love the boys at A3, uh, we'd love to have you along with the subscriber content. So please give that a crack. Uh, huge week in the footy coming up, boys. I cannot yeah. wait for these games. I will be there Saturday night, Miller. Very, very keen for it. Yes, I'll be watching from the couch. Snow it up. Um, I'm not brave enough this week. I went last Friday, and obviously um, uh, the, the Tigers won, so hopefully uh, they can get it done again. But as, as we racked off as well at the start, as Doc said, thank you so much for the support. Um, we really appreciate the love, and as Kat said as well earlier, thanks um, you know, for everyone getting around the good causes as well of the beanies and the um, buy the Indigenous jerseys, all that good stuff because – it's all good for footy, and there's one thing that we love at A3, and that's footy. So thank you for everyone being involved in the great sport that we, we get to talk about. Absolutely. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Stockerty. Stick around with us for next week. Huge, huge podcast coming up, as always. Thanks for joining us on the A3. Go can, can Indigenous footy. Go on, Sir Doug Nichols Round. Mm-hmm.